What's up, everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by affable idiots. Um, <laughs> we used to have a rule where when you visited Golden Corral, we, when we ate at Golden Corral as a family, we were not allowed to leave until everyone pooped. Like, everyone had to blow out the toilet at Golden Corral because inevitably someone was going to shit their pants on the way home. And so, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. That's that was the rule. So the same thing applies to Chicago style pizza. Like you gotta you gotta sit around at the restaurant enough to make sure that everyone's basically just like called in a bomb threat to their bathroom with their butt. <laughs> what sucks about Chicago style pizza is it's one of those rare pizza forms that's like genuinely really hard to make and or get if you're not from like the Chicagoland yeah. area. Like there's so many different like varietals of pizza that you can just make at home if you have the ingredients. Like if you want to make a Mexican pizza, you know, you just need to get the right toppings and boom, you got a Mexican pizza. But a Chicago style pizza, you you need like genuine skill if you want to make that on your own. Either that or like ask them to like send you one and like pack it in dry ice and like wait two to six weeks for it to arrive. And that that's really unfortunate because they are, regardless of whether, whether you consider them pizza or not, they are great. Yeah, and it really sucks. Giordano's, uh, a very famous pizza, a Chicago style pizza chain in Chicago. Um, in 2021, they did start shipping you their pizzas frozen for you to reheat yourselves. And as a birthday present to myself, I bought myself four of them. And Ooh, I had whoa. one a week for the whole month of February because my birthday is in February 17th. And my Ooh. name is Chad Michael Innes, my... one of your co-hosts. We've also got here Alex Skyline Beanless Chili. <laughs> I I didn't even uh, agree to that. You should have called Adam. Cousina. That. Adam was the guy that brought that one up originally. Um, no, hey, your everybody. Name how's it going? I'm Alex. Uh, my birthday is actually on February 1st. So mine's actually coming up real soon. Even sooner. Which means you have very mm. little time to get your order into jornados.com. I don't know if they ship to Canada, but I'll look into it. We've also do. got, I mean, Chicago's so close to Canada. Why wouldn't they? And you are just it's, ambiguously it's not, in one spot all the way around the entire continent of Canada, continent, country is, of Canada. It is close to Canada, but it's not close to Montreal. So uh, I don't know. Well, it's just a pop across the Great Lakes, right? There's a Great Lake right next to Chicago. Yes, there, there is. And we've also got here, Adam, give me all the beans in that chili. Gumbert, how are you, Adam? That's actually, I'm great. That's the exact opposite. I don't like beans in any form, so beans in the chili sounds like a no-go for me. Well, here's, here's the thing, y'all. For some reason, as a kid, we were taught to be embarrassed by our middle names, so you shouldn't agree with whatever your middle name is. So we technically, have the same middle name, though. Is your middle name, is your middle name really give me all the beans? Because that's yeah, my just like yours. Name. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got so much fun for you. You can be joining us here right now. Uh, we are 30 minutes, 33 minutes before The Last of Us premiere on HBO Max. Fun for the whole family. Rated TVMA, 18 plus adults only. There's fucks in it. I don't think Ooh, people wow. fuck in it, but people say fuck in it. Um, so it's kind of like just a erotica. 
you, uh, yeah, you never know about the we get there. part they could you know add in a few new scenes to this adaptation of the story you're right you're they're exploring new things that weren't available in the games could you yeah, imagine here. it's like we're gonna talk about joel and you know his journey and his his emotional thing but also he fucks really really hard <laughs> <laughs> oh man all the clickers got their dick outs walking around <laughs> he fucks really really hard and he gets the job done <laughs> That's you remember Bacardi? For you. Bacardi used to their theme. I don't know if it still is, but just like Bacardi and Cola, they get the job done. Like that's their. That's the, it's not like we're really good or you're gonna enjoy drinking this. We're like, no, you'll get fucked up. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the Joel bare minimum that we're promising. They get the job done. <laughs> there we go. We're usually on twitchtv slash idiots every Sunday evening at eight thirty Eastern time. PM post mortem, or we're on Tuesday. <laughs> That's not what PM stands for. It stands for so. Prime Meridian. Uh, nope. YouTube and podcast <laughs> services Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. That's ass Meridian. Um, but uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about today. We've got some parts of some Microsoft news to talk about, updates on games from Ubisoft, maybe. We've got avatar updates that are not movie related <gasps> what but we're gonna start today with a little main quest before the main quest touching base with alex on <laughs> sorry <laughs> reading live in the doc you just put this in here hey let, hey before we go to the main quest this is an original thought i just had right now let's touch I base I with alex i should have for the record i should have let you guys know in advance that i wanted to do this uh yeah no, this is funnier so uh last week you guys did a merry fuck kill of the many games coming out in the year uh 2023 that you know more or less with certainty to be coming out this year of 2023 and i figured i'd just quickly go through and let you all know where i stand with regards to the merry fuck kill meter love it. um when it comes to a lot of the spooky same uh i decided to marry dead space remake fuck resident evil 4 and kill diablo uh, inspired by the silver screen, I decided to marry Star Wars Jedi Survivor, fuck Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League, and kill Hogwarts Legacy. In terms of the wait and sees, I decided to marry, surprise, surprise, Dead Island 2, fuck Village of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and kill Forspoken. Uh, in terms of Chad's grab bag of PlayStation goodies, I decided to <laughs> marry Final Fantasy 16. I know not a popular decision on this podcast uh fuck horizon call of the mountain and kill destiny 2 lightfall nothing personal there i have you know nothing Sounds but like respect it. for what destiny 2 does it's yeah. just it's the one i'm least likely to play and Destiny's in terms always of personal. my in terms of my <laughs> ultimates my ultimate mary would be star wars jedi survivor ultimate fuck would be legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and ultimate kill would be hogwarts legacy Whoa. Can you explain your Dead Island 2? Why are you marrying <sighs> Dead Island 2? What's going on with that? What's wrong with you? It's just... <laughs> so the other two games from that category were Tears of the Kingdom and Forspoken. I played that Forspoken demo. Didn't speak to me. I talked about this on the podcast. I said that, you know, if people come back and have rave reviews for the game, I'll give it another shot. Until then, it's dead to me, so it's in the kill pile. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is undeniably going to be a better game than Dead Island 2, but I was, you know, I didn't exactly have the best time ever with 
Breath of the Wild. And so I feel like the onus is on Tears of the Kingdom to, you know, impress upon me a much stronger experience. And so that's why it's in the fuck pile. Dead Island 2, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding that game. But I feel like at the very least, it's going to be a fun, grindy zombie shooter of a game of which I played many. And so because it is such a known quantity in that regard, I feel like I'm okay marrying it. Two things. One, okay. I can't wait until we see the fuck pile on The Last of Us tonight on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fuck pile. The fuck pile. Wow. Two, um, I'm just I'm just so happy that we finally gathered a group of people who meet regularly who can be honest about their feelings towards The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So th- I appreciate both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's nice to be among the right side of history. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as just a recap for everyone, yeah, we did play Mary Fuck Kill and, and the official respawn name Fire Ones, minus Alex, who wasn't here last week. Um, we decided to marry Diablo 4, fuck Horizon Call of the Mountain, those feet, and <laughs> kill feet. Dead Island 2. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Go listen to figure out why. All right, moving on to our main quest. I'm going to try to keep this thing moving along because we've got a Last of Us fuck pile to go watch. Um, starting with our main quest tonight, Xbox show coming, showcase incoming tricks. I don't, I'm going to be honest, Adam. I don't, I don't understand how to deliver the okay. tricks part of so this. Tr- well, it's from Dirty Mouth Ryan Zinsdale. A trick is, uh, is an insult. It's like calling someone a whore or whatever, basically. It is. Oh, like yeah. somebody who turns tricks on the street for money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. How do, okay. Xbox showcase incoming tricks like that. Like, you yeah, bitch? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I was going to okay. say bitch, but I didn't want to be... I wanted... Ryan Dinsdale wanted to switch it up this week, so... You know? Yeah, right, because he's got a dirty mouth. I just... I was reading that as, like, like not... A trick. Like a not trick joke. Or treat. Like a Borat not joke. Like, showcase yeah. coming. Not surprised. Um, Guys, let's do five more minutes on this. This is riveting. <laughs> All right. Thank so, you, Alex. <laughs> etymology of tricks. Is, no, I'm just kidding. Go, go ahead. All right. There is an Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct Games Showcase that will take place on January 25th. That is 10 days from the day that we are recording this right now. It's been announced via the Xbox Wire. And the event will start at 12 p.m. Pacific time. And that's all you need to know. This is wrong. Because that says 12 Pacific, 5 Eastern? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's Mm-mm. completely incorrect. That should be 4 Eastern. Or is it 3? It should be 3. should be 3 Eastern. 3-hour difference. Um, unless the Eastern time is right, and it should be 2 Pacific. I don't know. I put it in my calendar, but all of my devices are in some way involved in this podcast right now. So, who knows? Anyway, it's on the 25th. Four games have been conser- confirmed so far, including The Elder Scrolls <gasps> Online, Tricks, See, gotcha. You thought it was going to be the Elder Scrolls, but it was Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Minecraft Legends joining Forza Motorsport and Redfall. There will be new gameplay and details revealed for Forza Motorsport and Redfall. Minecraft Legends will get an inside look at the PvP portion of the game. And ZeniMax Online Studios director Matt Furor will also reveal 2023's major chapter update for the Elder Scrolls Online. And a full reveal event will also follow the developer direct. Director? Direct. Direct. I'm direct. Say direct. I don't know what is going on with autocorrect on this one. It is all over the place. Um, no, it's very cool. I hope, I wish every major game company had these kind of things. Um, 
Like indie directs are, or Nintendo directs are always cool when PlayStation have showcases, but also just like, hey, let's sit down and talk to a developer and figure out about stuff. Plus, this is for Xbox since they didn't have anything at Game Awards. It's like, all right, let's show whatever we have for the rest of the year. And everything here sounds pretty cool and interesting to me. Even Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, I mean, if you play it, it's good. Yeah. So I'm not going to play this expansion, but they're always, when I've ever played it, it's been good. But yeah, Redfall, we're excited for because Alex said it's going to be a good name of the year contender. Uh, Forza. And then Minecraft. So the funny thing about Minecraft Legends PvP mode, right? My son has been here with me all weekend. He has played nothing but Minecraft PvP for the last three days straight. Wait, 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 wait. Remind me. Kids love Minecraft. Minecraft Dungeons is the dungeon crawler. What is Legends again? Legends is I think it's like the sort of survival looking one that were they had the trailer at the last E3. Um, I'll look it up just to double check exactly what it is. But it is it is not it is not a dungeon crawler. that that much is sure, but yeah, my son has done played nothing but uh, PvP mode in normal Minecraft. So uh, it looks almost like a, yeah, like one. a third person action. I don't know, not an action. I don't know. It looks like it looks like Minecraft to me. It looks like fucking Minecraft, just based on still images. But yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah, to uh, me, this feels yeah. like it's a uh, Xbox was like infamously absent from the Game Awards in December, and so a lot of people were really upset that we saw a lot of things from other major publishers, but we didn't see anything from Xbox, a, a big platform holder. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like with what they've said is going to be there, none of these feel like they're major, like huge announcements or like worthy of like throwing a whole thing around just these four things. So uh, to me, this feels a little bit like. Oh shit! We need something because we miss Game Awards. What can we? What do we have that's ready to go that we can just throw out there to, to appease people in January? And that's kind of what this feels like a little. I hope that I'm surprised and I end up like really falling in love with Redfall, or even like hitting up my nieces and nephews and saying, "Hey, y'all want to play some Minecraft Legends?" But yeah, to me, this feels so like a little reactionary. Yeah, well, Minecraft Legends is an action strategy third person game, so basically okay. an action game Minecraft. Um, and I think it's just like, hey, what's coming out in the first six months of the year? Let's talk about that. That's what this feels like to me. But that's just what I'm guessing. When is Starfield time we get again? E3, well, we have another Starfield story coming up later. So That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But that will not be at this specific developer direct. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Alex, any thoughts on, uh, on the showcase? You excited for anything in particular? I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of Redfall, considering that a couple of podcasts ago, I declared that it would be the game that would be competing with uh, Tears of the Kingdom for Game of the Year come Game of the Year time. Uh, I do also hope that, I mean, it's not a game I'm going to play, but I do hope that Forza Motorsport, you know, swings for the fences because it was one of the games that I drafted in a private uh, fantasy, like video game critic league thing that I did with another Discord server. Uh, and yeah, that, that's kind of the extent of my excitement for this, but you know, good on Microsoft for doing its best to raise the spirits after a, you know, not so great year for them last year. Yeah. That's it for our main quest, y'all. It's going to be a light week this week, but that's okay. Well, we've got some games coming up and we will, uh, we'll have some, some time to get out early and watch the last of us fuck pile. All right. Let's talk about... Playtime. Games that we played last week that we want to bring and chat about. Alex, I'm curious about your uh, your control here. Yeah. So a few years ago, 
uh, y'all did a barf in which you decided to play Control. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good time. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to check out the newly updated PlayStation 5 version of the game that just came to consoles. Had a lot of fun with it then. Uh, and when I made that purchase, I also got the PlayStation 4 version of it included as well. Um, fast forward a couple of years later, I did my Extra Life live stream and I decided, you know what? I had a lot of fun with Control. Let's start playing through the PlayStation 4 version on stream, considering it has its own, you know, separate trophy list and whatnot. And it's a known quantity. So I know I'm going to enjoy it on stream. Had fun with it then. And come the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what? I had fun mopping up everything I need to do in Ratchet and Clank. Might as well mop up the rest of the PlayStation 4 version of Control. And yeah, that game's still great. You know, there's that um, there's that quote that has sort of like circulated uh, kind of more recently as people have talked about how, you know, video games nowadays take so long to make and often feel so samey and just overindulge in these tropes that we're really tired tired of, like these like super collectathony open worlds. The quote is, "I want shorter games with worse graphics to be made by people who are paid more to work less." And I'm not kidding. And after beating Control for the second time, I was like, "Man, this is a game that I feel really like." purely exemplifies that phrase like it was a game that was made over the span of just three years wasn't made on the biggest budget ever it's not a perfect game but i feel like it it really packs a punch uh in spite of that and delivers a really satisfying experience and now that i've beaten it again i feel like i should probably uh get alan wake one out of the way considering that alan wake two is coming up this year and you know see what the fuss is all about there <laughs> that's an air quote from adam on coming out this year yeah. i i mean again i love alan wake I don't, I don't know if that game's coming this year. i hope i do uh second that i love when people you know studios get to just like do a weird thing you know again pittsman wasn't for everybody i'm like the fact that they literally made <laughs> they're like hey you want to make a 16th century fucking art literature talkie murder mystery <laughs> like sure go yeah. for it i'm like i'm glad that exists like i'd rather that exist than not exist control the same thing like i love remedy and they're like okay how about this it's one building and there's spooky monsters and your gun changes and yeah. like you know what awesome go for it sounds cool so it's dope some might say that was 2019's game of the year it was up there one of the better ones definitely definitely uh game of the year that year the the thing about like that game and like the game of the year discussion that year is i I actually i almost feel like the game of the year discussion kind of hurt it because i feel like like when people talk about game of the year they have this platonic ideal of what they want game of the year to be it has to be this game that in every single aspect is an absolute knockout it has to have the best soundtrack of all time the best acting of all time the best mocap the best gameplay the best da 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 and i feel like Control was hurt because whenever people would talk about it, they'd be like, yeah, it's very good, but it's not quite up there with what in our mind's eye we want game of the year to be. And I feel like if people if it hadn't been entrenched in that specific discussion, people could have just enjoyed it for what it was, which was a very solid triple A game made in a relatively short amount of time. I feel like I feel like the kind of overall like uh, how to put this like the kind of like exit kind of thoughts that people had on that game would have been a little bit stronger. That's just aside for that. um, That's definitely what like GDC and uh, Dyson stuff are for. It's like, yeah, it's never what you think. I think game awards as cool as game Awards is, is the number one 
you know, like offender of what's the big thing. So that thing should win. Cause I remember, you know, I give them a lot of credit. Like IGN over the last couple of years is like Forza Horizon one game of the year. And then like they had Journey one game of the year, the year that came out. And like, yeah, it's always, it's not always something weird, but it's cool when it's something weird. I just feel like Keeley's awards are always like, well, what is the thing that everyone likes? So uh, yeah, good point. And you got another game on here, uh, Revisit Blast from the Past. Tell us about Cadence of Hyrule. Right. So this is not a game that I had previously played before. In fact, I would say that, if anything, it was a game that I kind of actively avoided. So to kind of give a little bit of context, um, this is, of course, Cadence of Hyrule, a crossover between the Legend of Zelda series and Crypt of the Necrodancer, uh, which was a indie game that came back out in 2015, where the whole kind of premise of the game is it's a roguelike, but you have to move and attack to the beat of the game's music. And I have actually a really interesting story with how I first got exposed to this. Um, back in the day when I was in college, I was in a program that was basically in charge of training people like me to make uh, very kind of like artistically minded video games. And there were a number of events that we had where like indie game developers from like the Montreal scene would come and show off uh, games that they were working on. I don't know if the developer that made um, Crypt of the Necrodancer was from Montreal, but he was Canadian. And I remember he actually had like an early version of this game, uh, like he was showing it off at one of these events. Uh, but here's the thing. He was showing off a version of the game that you could only play with the DDR dance pad. And so the idea is that every time, oh. single time you had to want to move left, you had to click left on the dance pad. Every single time you want to move right, you had to step right on the dance pad and so on and so forth. And I walked away from that experience just really dejected because it's like, oh man, this is such a incredibly cool novel idea. And then you would play five minutes of it and be like, this is way too hard. This is way, way, way too hard and not balanced at all for neophytes like me. And so after that, I just kind of was like, yeah, that seems like an interesting idea, but I doubt that I'm ever going to get much enjoyment out of it. Um, as you know, I'm somebody who likes to play games for trophies a lot. I remember looking up the kind of PSN profiles, kind of trophy uh, information on Crypt of the Necrodancer when it came to PlayStation consoles. And apparently like only like 0.06% of people uh, on that website have gotten the platinum for it. And that that kind of sealed the deal of like, yeah, this game is way too hard. I'm never going to play it. And yeah, when they announced in 2019 that they were going to be doing this Zelda crossover, I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to check this out. Uh, fast forward to 2013. Sorry, not 2013. We're not traveling back in time. We're traveling forward in time uh, because <laughs> about a week ago, uh, an individual by the name of at Timbo underscore Slicey, uh, T-I-M-B-O underscore S-L-Y-C-E-E -E on Twitter, reached out to me. I was like, hey, you should check out Cadence of Hyrule. I really like that game. And I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? I, I very rarely get like specific game suggestions like that. So I went and downloaded it. First hour I played of it was really not feeling it. I was like, ooh, did I just waste my money on this? I'm really not loving this. Put the game down, went and beat and platinum control. Was like, man, do I want to come back to this game? I guess I should give it another shot. Turned it back on again. And within about 20 minutes, everything kind of clicked. 
and I had myself a fantastic five, six-ish hour experience with that game. Uh, it's not perfect. I do think that... Um, so the thing about this game is that like you basically travel around this sort of miniaturized version of Hyrule that's like very much inspired by uh, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Uh, you guys both played uh, A Link to the Past previously, and you might remember how in that game there's like a giant inventory screen of a bunch of different items that you can collect throughout the game. A Link to the Past takes about like 16 to 20 hours to beat if you're like going at it your first time, and you basically gradually acquire all those items over the course of those 16 to 20 hours. Cadence of Hyrule has you collect basically the equivalent of all those items and then some, over the course of like four or five hours. It throws way too much stuff at you and it doesn't use all that stuff nearly as well as like a mainline Zelda game would. But the kind of core gameplay of just like jumping around and attacking enemies to the beat is very well done. And the like music throughout the experience, which is like a bunch of remixes of Zelda tunes is incredible as you might expect. And so, yeah, I walked away from it very impressed, even though I didn't think it was a perfect experience. And yeah, I'm just kind of curious, have either of you like ever had any interest in checking out this game? Have you checked out this game? I don't feel like we've talked about this one. Yeah, I'm I'm actually happy to hear that you that like it didn't click for you at first and it was really difficult and then it did and you liked it because <clears throat> that was my experience with it. I, I was really excited for this game because I'm a big fan of rhythm games and I'm a big fan of Zelda music and Zelda games generally. And um, I bought this game immediately when it came out, and I played about 10 minutes of it and sucked. I was terrible at this game, and I, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Or, or I, could, I knew what I had to do, but I just physically could not, the motor skills were not there that I could not actually make it work. So I never picked it up again. Um, so maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah, do definitely it. give it a shot. And, and like, know that, like, you know, much in the same way that when you play, you know, a normal Zelda game over time as you collect more items, more rupees, more heart containers, like the game on average gets a little bit easier because you have a lot of cushioning to protect you if you get hit. The same thing happens in Cadence of Hyrule, where gradually over time you'll be able to get more heart containers, you'll be able to get uh, many, many more rupees and diamonds, and that will make the experience much more enjoyable because you can take a lot more hits and just kind of experiment around a lot and, you know, uh, take a lot, make a lot of mistakes and not have to worry too much about it. But those first, yeah, th at the beginning, it can be a little bit punitive, especially if you're not really sure what to expect out of it. Adam, you ever played it? I played a little bit of Crypt. I never played the Cadence of Hyrule mm -hmm. 1. Got it. Um, I enjoyed it, but I just didn't stick with it. So I wouldn't be against playing as other ones. Personally, I do like the soundtrack. Um, that guy yeah. is pretty talented, so I wouldn't be against that. Dope. Well, thanks, Alex. Adam, what's uh, what you got playing over there in Battlestar Galactica 3? Battlestar Galactica <laughs> 3, my favorite show. Uh, Katie Sackhoff is in it. She's a very good actor. Uh, no, play more ballgames. I've already talked about it, but here's the thing, right? Again, early access. It's only the first section of the game. I'm guessing there will be three or four. That's how their games have gone in the past. I'll give you guys a guess on how many hours I put into the early access, only the first area of the game. 65 31 and a half closer to 31 and a half it's about 30 and a half um oh, and i had we go <clears throat> i just hit the level cap for the for the early access period and i haven't explored an entire region of that first map just a heads up that game's gonna be fucking wild and it's very good so it is yep, still pc only right 
for now. I mean, all their yeah. games have come to console eventually, so it will be on console at some point. Yeah. I feel like I heard, I feel like I heard them confirm Xbox once upon a time. Maybe. I mean, like I said, Divinity, both Divinities were PC only, and then they were on consoles a year later. So I expect something similar. Dope, dope, dope. That's it. Um, I will. I'm, I want to follow up on last week. We talked about Destiny Two Iron Banner and how like ridiculous that was. And I ended up. I, I talked about how people were losing, like losing on purpose because it was three times faster to level up your your thing to get the shader than it was to actually try. Well, I I went on the looking for group and and saw that it was flooded again with people. Like you couldn't by the time you saw a group pop Be up right back. and you tap on it and you say join, it's like oh that group already filled up and you got to go find another one. Yeah, but it was else. so wild because I spent maybe another two three hours that that night and we got into a rhythm where like everyone was trying to lose everyone we were going up against was also trying to lose so then it became about whoever captures two spots first gets to mm. win so it's then just a mad get dash to lose one. it get, gets to win while we all just sit there and do nothing the gotcha. whole point of the whole uh, the whole thing is like there are three capture points and like you have to fight over them and you get points stuff like that but it's yeah it takes almost 10 minutes to possibly lose if you're not good or three minutes if you just give up and don't capture anything so yeah it, it became several hours of doing that and it was just like it it was wild that almost every single group we came up against was also trying to lose it was it, it, hysterical to me what a time to be uh, in destiny uh the developers did come out and say hey by the way we noticed we saw we're sorry and next time iron banner comes around we are like basically doubling the amount of XP you can earn in a match to keep people from having to grind so long. If you actually want to play. Yeah. yeah. And to also, um, they're now offering it three times per season going forward instead of just twice. That way people don't feel like they have to get so much grind in right away. So they're mm. listening and they're adapting, which is great. That's cool. Uh, the next one here, Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy Color. Or as Alex taught us the other week, it is uh, Ghost Babble. Metal Ghost Gear Protocol. colon Ghost Babble. Metal Gear col Solid gol colon. Metal Gear Solid colon Ghost Babble. Ghost in the Shell. It's actually it's actually not a Metal not Gear solid? solid game because Metal Gear Solid games, it exclusively has to do with the games that follow the chronology following the original Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Ghost Babble is like an alternate timeline of what could have happened after the events of Metal Gear 1 and 2. That's what you're right. Yeah, Metal Gear Ghost Babble, or they did just straight up call it Metal Gear Solid in the U.S. That's right, wild. because it's Americans. just easy because, to market or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. Americans are stupid. Um, so yeah, uh, it, I am on the final chapter, like probably about to see whatever this Metal Gear is and probably kill it. And I am fucking blown away, y'all, at, at what Kojima was able to accomplish on this freaking Game Boy Color. Blows. I'm taking screenshots left and right. The the dialogue, the story, the characters are so well developed. You've got your four like just in every other game. You got your four like wild bosses and they're like crazy antics and all that kind of stuff. I am just. I can't believe I had not heard of this game before like Analog Pocket existed. Like because I, I I looked at, I first heard about it whenever. I pre-ordered my Analog Pocket like a year ago, year and a half ago, and I was looking at new games to buy or hmm. new Game Boy cartridges to buy. 
And I was like, all right, what are the best games on Game Boy Color? And I consistently saw that this was earning like 10 out of 10. I was like, what the hell? Metal Gear Solid on the Game Boy Color? And now it's just, it is maybe the best Game Boy Color game I've ever played. Fantastic. Love it. Damn. It's amazing. Uh, quick question for you guys. So the man that directed Metal Gear Ghost Babble, a.k.a. Metal Gear Solid for us Americans, uh, was Shinta Nojiri. Oh. And he's like one of those people at Konami that like worked on like a bunch of other projects specific to the Metal Gear Solid series. However, after doing Ghost Babble, he did Acid and Metal Gear Acid 2, which oh. were the two original PSP games before you got into like the proper Metal Gear PSP games. Did either of you play those games? My no. best friend in high school had Acid on his PSP. Yeah, I feel but, like I've borrowed someone's PSP it. and played it for 10 minutes, but never yeah, actually I did the played same. it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Th- those games have always been interesting to me because, like, clearly there isn't, like, a ton of love for them within the Metal Gear Solid community. They very much feel like, hey, it's the very beginning of the PSP's life cycle. They came out in 2004 and 2005, respectively. What can we put together that is distinctly Metal Gear Solid, but not, doesn't, you know, have all the panache and you know, time that would require us uh, in order to make something like a Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Um, but if this guy also worked on those two games, I mean, I feel like they got to be of a certain level of quality. Yeah, I did not, like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia or the Metal Gear fandom page right now. And yeah, Shinto Nojiri is the director. Hideo Kojima is just the producer. Like, this through right. and through feels like a Kojima Metal Gear Solid game. So this guy, like, he's... He's able to to emulate that Kojima feel really, really well. So now that makes me super interested to go and get Acid and download Acid. it on my PSP Go yeah. and my PSP Vita. It, it is a little bit too bad that Konami has yet to release a collection in the modern era that collects a lot of these older Metal right? Gear games. Chad and as I just learned that. yesterday, yeah, you can't <laughs> even play PS, you can't even play Metal Gear Solid Two and Three on a PlayStation console. Only on the PS3. Yeah. Yeah. On modern cotton in the last decade. That's so stupid. Konami's stupid. <laughs> uh, last game on my list of playtime is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, I saw, Tiny uh, Tina's Wonderlands. You were playing co-op with somebody, weren't you? I was. Yep, I was playing co-op with uh, Matt and Dallas last night. And right after Last of Us gotcha. tonight, we're going to play some more with Brent as well. Oh. Um. This is a game that I have wanted to play. It has been like, I want to play this game. I fucking love the Borderlands franchise. I think they're so funny and so fun. And the game, the gunplay's great. And and the dialogue and the quips and the items and all of it is really great. Um, as you can t- And then this is, of course, the D&D offshoot led by Tiny Tina, who's fucking hysterical. Uh, about Queen Butt Stallion. And then Will Arnett voicing the bad guy who has this complex about not being evil enough. And people don't think he's evil enough. So like he's trying to overly prove himself that he's actually evil. And it's just, it's so good. It's so good so far. And this is a game that I've wanted to play since day one, but I knew I didn't want to play it alone. And I didn't see Hmm. anyone else who was excited about me. So I finally said, listen, it's on sale for half off right now. If I buy it for y'all, will you play it with me? And that, that got, everyone said, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So I, I bought it for them. Well, actually, Matt bought it himself, but uh, Dallas and Brent, I got it from them. And I'm so glad we did because it's fun and it's refreshing. We've been playing the same, like it's either Destiny or Warzone for the last million years. So it's fun to, to play something else and switch it up a little bit. So we're a couple hours into that, enjoying it very, very much. I'm playing as a spell shot. 
think is the name mm-hmm. of it. Spellshot. It's a, like a mage character. I, we found out that we're basically playing as our, our destiny subclasses. Because I'm <laughs> I'm playing as a spellcaster who's like I'm playing as another warlock can can dual wield magic spells. Uh, Dallas is playing as the grip no grim hook yeah grim hook. It's one that like has a basically a big hammer that can be thrown like Thor or it can be smashed on the ground. Mm. And then Matt's playing a uh, stabamancer, which is like a rogue, like, like they can turn invisible and they have knives that they throw out and do little helicopters and that kind of stuff. So. Having a great time with that. I'm excited to play more. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. I think it's also, or maybe it's not anymore. It was at one point. It was on Game Pass. No, I would no? played it if it was on Game Pass. Yeah, maybe it was on. It maybe it was, it was on PS Plus Premium at one time, but it's not. It, it was on something at one time. Maybe it was on something, but yeah. it's not anymore. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the rest of our quest log. We hinted at this news before. We got some Starfield stuff coming up. Starfield gets its own show, says Eddie McCooch at GameSpot. In the blog post, Microsoft said, hey, Starfield, it's big bananas. And we got a show coming up. And this is not a big banana enough show for this big banana. So we don't want to shoehorn Starfield into this other show. So we're going to give it our, its own event. It's not going to be showing up at the January 25th thing. There's a whole event that's coming for Starfield alone. And this is a quote from Microsoft. To dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. We don't know when it's going to air uh, right now, but the game is expected to launch in the first half of this year, 2023, which comes after a delay where it was supposed to launch at the end of last year. So that's it. Yeah, we're going to see more Starfield at its own dedicated show. Release date TBA, content and show TBA. Yep, just good to know that we got some word on it since they talked about the other things that were going to be at that uh, developer direct. They're like, hey, we know y'all want to know about Starfield, so we're going to do its own thing, which I think bodes well if it's going to get its own yeah. show. Probably going to hit that first six months of the year. Uh, and I'm ready to shoot some aliens in space, you know? Shoot some people in space, probably. Actually, I don't know if there's aliens in the game, so I'll just shoot people. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> it's truly an original concept. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing just how they execute it, you know? I'm uh I'm I'm pumped that it is that you mentioned yeah it's getting some stuff because we went through that whole January 25th event and there was no mention of Starfield and they didn't say this ahead of time be like um the fuck's up with Starfield what's going wrong it's supposed to come out this year let us know speaking of things that are supposed to come out but are no longer Ubisoft hits rough water says Darren Bonthuis at GameSpot whoo Ubisoft has updated its strategy for the near future and in a new statement has revealed that it is canceled three unannounced games and delayed skull and bones yet again attributing this leaner focus to quote major challenges and an industry that it says is shifting towards quote mega brands and long-lasting titles ubisoft says that its recent launches have not performed as well as expected the holiday season which usually sees major business for ubisoft was a quote surprisingly slower period for the company and as a result it will be focusing more of its efforts on building its current brands and live service titles a quote from ubisoft says as a consequence we've decided to cancel three unannounced projects on top of the four already announced in july 2022 we are clearly disappointed by our recent performance says yves guillemot 
Despite excellent ratings and players' reception, as well as the ambitious marketing plan, we were surprised Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope's underperformance in the final weeks of 2022 and early January. Just Dance 2023 underperformed as well, probably because this is the first one that didn't come to the Wii. That's, is it? I didn't think about that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was a recent development. They're like, we're not going to do Wii anymore. It's like, well, maybe you should have. <laughs> I don't know. Um, rough. Man, let me tell you. Every couple months, we have a Ubisoft story, and it's normally negative. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man. I like their game. I like how they're they're trying to pivot and make Assassin's Creed a thing, because that's, like, the one thing that they can bank on. I saw, I think, Chad on Twitter earlier, like, yes, yeah, a shorter Assassin's Creed sounds fun. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. But, like, yeah. I'm worried, man. Again, I like their stuff, so three canceled unannounced games. Again, I don't think Beyond Good and Evil's ever coming out. I don't know if Splinter Cell's ever going to come out. Fucking like, I don't know. I don't know. Rough. I hope they... Not- they d- I, I see the like the statement at the beginning, like they're, they're having some major challenges on their original stuff. Industries focusing towards mega brands and long-lasting titles. I feel like that's the same thing directors like Martin Scorsese have been saying for the last two decades around like, oh, everything's just remakes and superhero movies and nothing, no one wants to support anything original. But like people still do some amazing original shit. Maybe you should just get with the times and stop doing awful CGI aging and Netflix movies, Martin Scorsese. Irish. <laughs> yeah, but it is all, it, that's true. It is also though this thing though, where it's like, like the, 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 solution to making a modern day like beyond good and evil game shouldn't just be to make another like ubisoft collect collectathon title in the exact vein as all the other games you make it should be to make a beyond good and evil 2 game like i think ubisoft definitely shot themselves in the foot by making just a plurality of games that were so 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 similar to each other yeah, but then you see the stuff where, like, again, this is how businesses always rationalize it. They're like, well, we made Mario plus Rabbids, or like, we made a strategy game. Oh, and nobody, well, not enough people liked it. You know, it could still sold 2 million copies, but like, they, well, we projected said, four. They, they said in the article that they had, like, a really ambitious, like, marketing strategy plan. I don't remember that game being, like, marketed and advertised super well leading up to its release. Yeah. I don't either. I just know that it's good. But they're going to yeah. use it as a scapegoat to say, well, we can't do that stuff anymore. Right. It, you know, it had a big pop at the E3 where it was unveiled. But I feel like that was like a year and a half out from when it actually properly released. And I feel like in the time between then and its release, like there just was not a lot going into it. One could say it's almost like Ubisoft didn't want it to succeed on the hope of proving a point. But that's just conspiracy theory on my part. I agree with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, something else related to that that I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this next story real quick just to mention Skull and Bones showed off 30 minutes of gameplay, but we don't need to talk about it. Says Andy Robinson at VGC, it's more of a game that you're not gonna play ever because it's never coming out. It got delayed six times, and we still we still have a coming in 2024 sometime. All right, last story of the day: Avatar updates. From Grace Benfall at GameSpot. In an interview, the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora creative director discusses the game's lofty ambitions and explains why it has had a long and delayed development cycle. In a conversation with the Games Radar, creative director Magnus Jansen said that, quote, one of the most exciting challenges has been to build a living and reactive world inhabited by unique creatures and new characters. 
As stated by previous marketing material, Frontiers of Pandora will explore an as-yet-unseed area of the sci-fi world and takes place in between the two films. It has ambitions to render a reactive world, considering weather and animal behaviors, as the player explores the world as a Navi. In response to a question about the development timeline, uh, Jensen said, quote, The time has been spent on, a, on building a brand new part of Pandora and creating the tools needed to bring it to life on the latest generation of console and PC hardware. I have very mixed feelings on this game. L let me lay it out for you guys. On one hand, I actually really don't have an issue with the world of Avatar. Um, I, I never was like really part of the mob that really turned on the original Avatar after it came out. And after watching the Way of Water very recently, I'm definitely all for that universe. I don't like absolutely love it, but I'm willing to give it a shot and not let the giant blue cat people be like an immediate turnoff in the way that it is for some other people. I don't love the fact that going back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier, this seems like another big lofty open world Ubisoft collectathon game, you'd have to assume. But also the other thing is that like, as much as I loved Avatar The Way of Water, there is no disputing that that movie like was the kind of like pop culture phenomenon, not pop culture phenomenon, that's not maybe the right word I'm looking for. That movie was as financially successful as it was because it, from a like visual and technical standpoint, was just that impressive. This is true of like both the Avatar movies. And like what we've seen of Avatar Frontiers of Pandora doesn't look that good, but there's nothing in what they have shown off of these games so far that's made me go, wow, that is like, leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the industry in the way that I look at the original Avatar or The Way of Water, and I'm like, oh, wow, that is leaps and bounds, at least from a technical perspective, from what we've seen in, like, the MCU as of recent. And, yeah, it, it, going into this game, is just kind of like, man, I, I wish I could say that about this game because that's so much of a draw for me for the movies, but as of right now, it's not really... They just got to get the weird animals and shit right. For me, if the, like if it is like the world feels alive and cool, that'd be awesome. But I'm also like, again, I like Avatar. Um, I enjoy both those movies. I don't know what's up with this game. I mean, I would hope it's good because that sounds like a fun thing to mess around with when it's on sale. But I don't know, who knows? Them saying like, oh, we're creating tools to bring it to the new gen of consoles. Like that doesn't tell me when this game's coming out at all. Yeah. It's supposed to come out around the movie, you know, a month ago. And we have no idea now. I uh, I enjoyed both avatars. I thought they were technically uh, uh, like magnificent. I saw I've seen Avatar two now twice in three D IMAX, and I I loved watching it both times. I'm excited because the worst part of both of those movies is all the stupid fucking military shit. One person really? in particular. Best. One person in particular. Are um, you now? Hold on, hold on. When you say the dumb, stupid military stuff, are you referring to like? The people wearing like the stupid hats and like aviator sunglasses, or are you referring to like the city? Well, that that was dumb. The the mm. the avatar wearing the sunglasses was dumb. Because like, that was I'll, great. I'll, no. I'll give you that. The the other military bro avatars are not super great, but all this stuff like when they're like returning to Pandora's atmosphere oh, and when they, and they first burn. drop down, oh, that was God, such so an incredible God. sequence. Here's the thing: the military plot lines. And the leader of the military plotline, like that guy, 
is so stupid. He's a terrible actor. His his motivations are awful. Jesus. I fucking I know you're not talking about Stephen about Lang right now. You are not is that talking his name? shit about is that Stephen his name? Lang. Old the Daddy of the Monkey Breathe? Kid? Uh, yep, that's Chad, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. No, he might be the awesome. best no. part of that movie. He's you're crazy. He's absolutely does not need to be in any more Avatar movies, and I hope Put that he's never gonna acts be in, in a, anything ever again. I hate we're, we're not even being we're not even being him. facetious, Chad. He's already confirmed to be in the next three sequels. I hate it. I hate I it. I love him. I, I love him the first one too. He's no, great. no, all of it. Shut up. Get out. The be the best part of all of these movies was seeing the culture of all the Avatar people, like all the Navi, and like learning about the whales and the relationship with the sky thing, and like all of these are like really interesting things. And the fact that this this game takes place after the military leave the first time and before they get and there the second time makes this so much more interesting to me now. Like I'm very very into this game because that's what I want. I just want to explore that cool jungle world with the blue I mean, people. I want to fight a bunch of helicopters necessarily. I would be fine just like living and dealing with the stuff in the world. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But I do like Stephen Lang, so shut your mouth. So there's that. Oh god, no. He was Oh fuck. I as soon as I saw his stupid face, I was like this guy again. <laughs> I'm going to throw up in my popcorn bag. I don't even have popcorn. Ridiculous. All right, and that's it for the stories for the week. So we're going to now go to our segment from Adam. Ooh, um, it's me. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. That is the inspiration for the Batman theme by Hans Zimmer. Uh, that sounded like uh, Star Wars John Williams, but anyways. It was, it uh, was, which is the inspiration for the Batman. Bum, inspiration, bum, bum, gotcha. bum. Yeah. I will say, on our way out, give me Jolene segment from Adam. Anyways, this week's segment from, <laughs> this week's segment from Adam is what's it called again, Chad? Exactly. Is do you think this good? Is Naughty Dog good? Is oh, what we're play is Naughty today. Dog good? Okay. On the okay. day that Last of Us TV show comes out, we're playing the game where you got don't look at Metacritic. You guys don't cheat. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. give you games oh, that Naughty Dog like has that made. Pokemon sequence, just like the Pokemon yeah, thing. Yeah, got it. I'm gonna give. You guys are going to tell me what you think these games scored on Metacritic, and at the end we'll figure out who gets closest and who thinks that Naughty Dog is good or whatever. All right. And these are all of Naughty Dog, by the way. I'm not just doing Last of Us games because it's Last of Us TV day. All right. Uh, just so everyone knows, <laughs> I, I do not have any of this information ahead of time, but I am inputting our answers into a spreadsheet that will give us averages and all that. So stuff. it'll, yeah, it'll average still because too much math for Adam. Way too much for me. So we're going to start out. Hmm. I wanted to do Golden Abyss so bad, but technically it's a Sonny Ben game. All right. Uncharted 2, Among Thieves. Is so are we, not are we starting green? from Uncharted 2, or are we going I'm just all giving you random Naughty Dog games. There's okay. no Got rhyme or reason. It. It's just Naughty okay. Dog. So what do you guys think Naughty Dog, or Uncharted 2, excuse me, Among Thieves scored who's, on? We have, to, we have to know who's Metacritic. going first and who's going second. That way we can like, go first we this do time. the Price is Right $1 okay. over thing. Yeah. We'll switch it off. Alex, you go first. Okay. I am going to go with 93. Uncharted 2 was, you know, beloved back in the day, but I feel like there were still enough people at that point in time who were like, hmm, I don't know about this Uncharted series, who maybe were a little bit more lukewarm in their reviews and gave it more like an, in like the 8.5 to 9 range. So I'm going to say 93. All right, Chad, what are you guessing for Uncharted 2? I was 2? already going to say this number. I, I'm not doing the Price is Right thing. I was already going to say 92. Just okay. because I feel like once you get in the 90s, that's really tough to get in on Metacritic. And I feel yeah, like that was so really well-reviewed. Yeah. 
I give you the answer now, right? You can so if you, you can want. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, uh, that's good. That way we can figure out as we get Ooh, close, like wow. how many we need. Yes, yeah, we're going 96. through. It's a ninety-six oh, on Medicare. Okay. So I was, was four high. away. Alex was three away. All right. Alex was three away. Exactly. Um, I have, um, go sorry, ahead, real quick, I just want to interject. It's been quite some time since I played those old school Uncharted games. It's going to be real interesting to play those games again, because I feel like exclusively like the number one thing that I've heard over the course of the past few years is, yeah, those games don't hold up nearly as well as you remember them. And I hope they do, but we shall certainly see. All right. Next, we're going to go with Last of Us. I'll go ahead and say this. Last of Us and Last of Us Remaster, so the PS3 and PS4 versions, have the same Metacritic score. Okay. So, oh. Last of Us original release, not part one, just original release of, Mas of Last of Us. Uh, uh, Chad, what do you think? If Uncharted 2 got a 96, like I feel like Last of Us blew people into the fucking sky. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 96. 96. All right. Uh, Cozy, what are you going for? I'm going to aim for the stars. I'm going to go 98. Okay. It scored a 95. Both Ooh. of those games scored okay. 95 on Metacritic. Okay. So actually lower than uh, Uncharted 2. That's interesting because I remember in my mind's eye, I remember The Last of Us 1 being one of those games that I caught like 10 out of 10s across the board from every major outlet and Uncharted 2 not being that game, but I guess my memory Same. is serving yeah. me wrong. That's what I thought, too. All right. Next up. Uh, right Jack now, two. I am one point ahead of oh, Alex. Ahead. So I have, I'm You're five off and Alex. Alex is six off. Okay. Jack 2 for the PS2. Oh, Jack 2. Alex, this, is, is this, this, one. this is technically Jack and Daxter 2. I did not play any of these games. so It says Jack 2 okay. specifically. Yeah, so the first one was Jack and Daxter. It's a, their full names, the precursor legacy. Then from that point on, it was just Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack okay. whatever. They hated um, Daxter after that point. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. They gave him his own PSP game, and they were like, you're good. Um, <laughs> Same with Secret Agent Clank, too. I'm going to go ahead... Jack 2 is one of those games that I feel like nowadays people have kind of soured on a lot because people see it for what it is, which is just like a blatant Grand Theft Auto 3 ripoff. Um, that being said, I feel like back in the day, it was really well beloved. Uh, not on the same level as like your Uncharted or The Last of Us, but enough that I'm comfortable saying 86. 86 for Jack 2 for uh, Alex. All right. Uh, what do you got for me, Chad? Uh, again, I've not played any of the Jack and Daxter games, but I'm gonna I'm gonna aim low, swing low, sweet chariot, eighty one. Eighty one. All right, I think Alex is now in the lead. It scored an eighty seven. Oh shit! Shit. Yep. It's not it, Jack Two is not like like the the worst game of all time by any stretch of the imagination. But as a huge fan of the precursor legacy, like I just found Jack Two tonally to be very hard to swallow. That game is just a very weird sequel in terms of going from this more like happy-go-lucky Super Mario 64-esque platformer to, again, trying so hard to be like Mario 64 meets GTA 3. Yeah. All right. What are the point differences now? Alex is up by four points. All right. We're going to do one more. The last one. Okay. You're going to need to get this. Crash Team Racing for the PlayStation. The original oh, Crash Team Racing, PlayStation, 1999. <laughs> uh, Chad, you get to go first. Oh, damn. 
it kind of surprises me that this was Nani Dog. That's wild. Um, Crash Team Racing. I did not know this game existed until Tim Geddes freaked out about it when they announced the remaster. So I feel like it can't be like super incredible great good. Oh, God. So I'm going to say... Well, fuck those. If Jack 2 got an 87. Uh, I'm going to say... 88 is my guess. 88. All right. Alex, what are you going for? I feel like Crash Crash Team Racing is one of those games that like would go on to be renowned in the years following by people that really loved it back in the day, but was not like super well-reviewed back in the day. I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to go 81. Big differential between Ooh, the two of our scores. This could be it. This could be I it. I feel like I got a swing if I want to win this. All right. So that last game absolutely cemented a winner. And the score for Crash Team Racing for the original PlayStation is an 88. Oh, shit. Uh, no. Yes. Oh, that's good. The point difference gives it to Chad, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I, can't, I, I was 11 off. Alex is 14 off total for the whole thing. In general, I, Naughty Dog games, based on these four, tend to score at an average of 91.5. And we both undersold them. Alex thought they were about an 89.5 on average, and I thought they were 89.25 on average. So, yeah, I guess they're, they're gooder than we thought. I have mm-hmm. a theory about Crash Team Racing. Back in the day, like from pretty much day one, Mario Kart was like the definitive kart racer. It was like the kind of like untouchable specimen of its genre. And I feel like when PlayStation got Crash Team Racing and it was like not that bad, I feel like a lot of PlayStation reviewers may have slightly overrated it to be like, hey, check this out. We have our own exclusive kart racer that isn't Mario Kart, and it's also pretty good in its own right. I feel like it's the but, one clone yeah. that was good at that time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say... I don't know. I think y'all are forgetting fun. about Diddy Kong Racing, which this game is very, oh, yeah. very similar I to. I, I mean, did love Diddy Kong. You know, it's races, boss battles. Well, well I'm, I'm exclusively just talking about, like, like, like the PlayStation ecosystem. Like, if oh, you're somebody yeah, yeah, who's yeah. just playing PlayStation games, you, like, you latch onto anything you get. And if you got, like, a really good comparable kart racer like this one, you're going to, like, really champion it. Now, I will say, real quick, the highest rated game that Naughty Dog put out was Uncharted 2 at a 96 is the highest one. Last of Us Hmm. Part 2 is at a 93, so it's even below the first one. Um, The lowest rated game, uh, not even Uncharted Golden Abyss, that's funny. The lowest rated game they've ever done is Jack X Combat Racing, which is at a 76. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. And, And on top of that game not being perfect, that game was also like... I think everybody really wanted them to just do like another standard Jack game. And so the fact that they got that instead was like, ah, this isn't it. This isn't yeah. it, Chief. All right. And that's my segment. Play me out, Dolly. <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam. I'll sing from Adam's and keep away from my man. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. That brings us to Game On Game Show, the Game On Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game On, the Game Show on Our Gaming Show. Game, 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 game. And this week, Alex is running it. Alex, take it away. 
Hell yeah, I have returned with another installment of TMI with NPD. This is where I go through the NPD's list of the best-selling games from 1995 until the present day and ask the two of you to guess what they are in order from number 10 to number 1. Today, we are going to be covering the top 10 best-selling games of 1999. Don't know why I messed up right in the middle of that. Um, are the two of you ready? I'm as it. ready as I'm good. I know that this is where we start to get into all the Call of Duties and sports games, and this is where all of my expertise just drains out of my face. So <laughs> you might be surprised. You might be surprised. In fact, we're actually going to do something a little bit different for the games in the number five to two slots. Oh, um, but before we can get to number five, we need to start with the number 10 best-selling game of 1999. Uh, and, oh, and by the way, uh, just to refresh you guys, the two of you will each have two guesses uh, per game. So make sure that you use those wisely, otherwise you won't be able to answer until we move on to the next number. The number 10 best-selling game of 1999 is a returning contender from a previous list. It's a game that was heavily anticipated during its life cycle of its console, and most would agree that it lived up to the hype upon its release. In addition, correct, it is Ocarina of Time. But Uh, make sure that you guys keep track of your own scores, because I'll keep track. Lots of documents. Don't worry. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, play nice. All right. Let's move on ahead. Oh, Alex, just so I know for, for editing later, are, do we have the audio ding, ding, dings uh, yeah, and I, farts? I have my, uh, okay. Yeah, I have my uh, stream deck farts. piping the audio into my audacity recording. Perfect. We're all good. Perfect. All right. Let's talk about the number nine best-selling game of 1999. This game is a handheld game. It's a video game version of a type of game commonly found at arcades. It's based on a property that, at the time of its release, again, this is 1999, was just becoming very popular in North America. And its cartridge came equipped with a rumble pack powered by a single... Correct. It's Pokemon Pinball. I was like, how the hell is this? Uh, This has got to be Pokemon, but how the hell is this an arcade game? Of course, there's the battery pack. uh, Yep. Yeah, and of course, pinball, very commonly found at arcades. All right, number eight. The number eighth best-selling game of 1999 is a sports game of a sort. NHL 2000. No, that is wrong. Damn. Uh, It was developed by Acclaim Entertainment and was released on the Game Boy, Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, and Dreamcast. It's part of the same lineage as a number of games that appeared on the 1998 list, which is the one that we covered last time. So search deep into the recesses Mm -hmm. of your memory banks to see if there's a particular type of game that we might have discussed a lot on that particular list. NBA Jam 2000. I'm afraid that that is incorrect, Chad, which means you are out of the running. Adam, here's your final clue. Mm -hmm. Its name is a reference to a specific era within its sports history. Fuck. 
Oh my god. I know it's a wrestling game, but I just can't d figure out which one it is. You get two guesses. Um, attitude. Bring the pain. I don't know. Just, 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 WWE just, Attitude Era. I, I'm going to go ahead and give you that. The, the actual specific name of the game is WWE Attitude. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Number seven. The seventh best-selling game of 1999 is another sports game. It's a type of sport that has been featured on these lists many times before. It's the first in its series to feature a number in its name that begins with the number two. Madden 2000? That is correct. Shut up. I was literally saying in my brain, like, don't scream Madden 2000. Wait for some clues. <laughs> I was literally yeah, saying I was gonna that. Wait. I was going to wait, too, but I just threw it out there. <laughs> God damn yeah. it. All right. <laughs> number six. Number sixth best-selling game of 1999 is a game developed by a renowned game director, most recently famous for doing stuff on YouTube. Its title is... Super Smash Brothers? Let's, that is correct. Oh, nice, Adam. Nice. Good pull. All yeah, right. I know Sakurai's now, all over YouTube now. Yeah. yeah. Now we come to the number fifth best-selling game of 1995. Here's what we're going to do. Turns out the number five through second best-selling games of this year were all Pokemon games. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you the names of the four games, and I'm going to have each of you tell me in what order you thought that they sold. And then I will give you one last chance. After you have locked in your initial ordering slash ranking, I'll let you know how many you've gotten correct, but not which ones you got correct. And I'll gotcha. let you guys do uh, take one more chance to rearrange them if you okay. feel so inclined to do so. Okay. I like that. Wait, what all if right. one of us gets all four correct at, right off the bat, and then the other person suddenly they hears that they all got all four correct? Well, and then they can redo their list and say, "Well, I'm just well." Gonna do in that Adam case, I'll just say the person. Oh fuck, I don't know. <laughs> if, I don't know what you do. If one of you uh, gets all four of them correct, I'll you gotta lock the other person in. You gotta lock them in. They're, you know, because you or you, just you know what you know what I'll do. I'll just I'll just say. One of you got them all correct, and I'll leave okay. it at that. Okay. There we gotcha. go. <laughs> you can gamble or you can try the to change. The four games like are... Yeah. Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Yellow, and Pokemon Snap. So again, we're talking about mm. the second through fifth spots. Two through so five. Second, mm -hmm. third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah. I've got a guess. All right. Uh, go for yellow. it. Yellow... Yellow, or this goes from two to five. Yellow, red, blue, snap. Yeah. Uh, give me just a second. So yellow at the number second spot, mm -hmm. blue at the number third spot, red at the number No, red at the third spot, spot, blue at the four, snap at five. Got it. Yellow, red, snap at blue, five. snap. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chad, do you have a so again, guess? Yeah, starting at two, blue... Red, yellow, snap. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> the anticipation. One of you, you know what? I, I'm I'm not gonna say now nah, you know what I'll I'll go ahead and I'll say it. Adam, you got none correct. <gasps> Chad. 
You got two correct. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Uh, what was Adam's first sheds? guess? <laughs> My, I had yellow at the top at two. Adam, you went uh, yellow for second place, red for third place, blue for fourth place, and snap for fifth place. Chad, you went blue for second place, red for third place, yellow for fourth place, and snap for fifth place. I gotta, I gotta write this out. He went yellow, blue. What was Chad's first red, two again? Was snap. It, what, what order? <laughs> what was Chad, Chad's, Chad's order? Chad's first two. This will this, this be the last time I'll repeat it. He did <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, blue, then red, then yellow, then snap. So I'm changing blue, red, snap, yellow. That's what I'm changing mine to. Blue, red, snap, yellow. Chad, do you want to make any changes? I am also going blue, red, snap, yellow. You sure? Yeah, which means I, I cannot win this game if we both fail or we both get all four. So, But yes, that's what I'm doing. Both of you got it completely correct. Hey, yeah, there we go. All right, all right, all yeah, right. It was Pokemon Blue at the number second spot, Red mm -hmm. at the third spot, mm -hmm. Snap at the fourth spot, Yellow at the fifth spot. Yellow, selling the least of them makes sense because it was like released the latest into the year and it was like this yeah, yeah. special like edition version late, yeah. Yeah, of the games. A little bit surprising that Blue sold slightly more than Red. I guess maybe like, I don't know, like people like were just more in like the camp of just liking the color blue more as I think, opposed to I just think about color like thing. yeah i think about like pokemon go and how like team mystic the blue is like 50 percent of the whole player base and then the rest of it's split between red and yellow like no one's a, a yellow most people are blue and then like a few people are red hmm okay all right and with that we have come to the number one best-selling game of 1999 this game is a continuation of a Super Nintendo series. It used the Nintendo 64 expansion pack. It came in a colored cartridge. Donkey Kong 64? Correct. It's Donkey oh, Kong 64. That was the number one game? That's what I was guessing, but like that game's awful. There's no way it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those instances where, like, clearly the reason why it's regarded as such an infamously awful game is because everybody played it and everybody experienced firsthand its flaws and wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah, it was the number one. Well, so here's the thing: it's the number one singularly best-selling game of 1999. If you count each version of Pokemon uh, yeah. as its own separate unit. If you yeah, yeah. group together red, blue, and yellow into a single game, they beat Donkey Kong 64, but otherwise they don't. Well, That's wild How many is that for you, Chad? That's eight for uh, me. No, I have six. So it's closer than I thought it was going to be, but... Another W. Or no, and w if I would have just fucking shouted NFL like I was going to, then we would have been tied. <laughs> And yeah, that's TMI with NPD. Uh, tune in next time uh, for us to delve into the wild and wacky 2000s. Woo! Thank Things you so much for Alex, Alex for Game on Game Show this week. 
That's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 291 of Respawn Aim Fire. You have homework. Go watch The Last of Us on HBO. Fun for the whole family. While you're there, check out The Batman. Also fun for the whole family. Bum, bum, Dune. Bum, bum. Dune is out there. But also check out it. The Last of Us. Uh, if you are interested, like a friend of the show, Jerrica Hanna and her uh, friend Kayla are doing a recap podcast of each of the episodes. So go check out Clickerbait, all one word on podcast services, Clickerbait. There's a copycat podcast called Clickerbait, two words on a bunch of services that's popping up. Not a fan. Mm. But yeah, go check out theirs. Clickerbait, it's great. They have an episode out right now, just like their predictions, and, and it's spoiler-free. The first episode's spoiler-free. Um, and then they're kind of talking through each episode as it goes. But, Respawning Fire news, go to patreon.com slash Respawning Fire, where you can vote on barf games, because we're back to our regular barf schedule now that it's January, and this month's game you all voted is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Snake, Snake Eater um, we're going to be playing that game this month Alex has previously done a ton of research into the Metal Gear franchise for a previous thing that he did so he's going to have a lot of good stuff coming to this barf episode that he's going to bring and I'm very excited to hear it all um, and that's it that's your homework Alex speaking of of you Thanks for being here today as one of our RAF regulars, uh, our sole RAF regular. Where can people find you outside of this podcast? You can find me on Twitter over at Alex Kozina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. And you can find me over on twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E. Uh, I've been getting up to some cool, fun, and good uh, Pokemon Soul Silver Nuzlocke shenanigans. So check that out. Mm, got a shiny over there on that Nuzlocke. I did. I did. I've literally only ever caught a shiny in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Ooh. Arceus. Those are the only times I've ever seen a shiny in a Pokemon what, game. What, what shiny Pokemon were they? I feel like oh, fucking all of them. I mean, those shinies were so easy to get in those games, I feel like, especially with like the Outbreak events in Arceus. So I got like the Luxray. I got, I got a bunch of them. And then, yeah, I feel like a Psyduck maybe in Let's Go Pikachu and... <laughs> I don't know. Jigglypuff. I don't know if I've ever had like one. That. I didn't know about shinies until I stopped playing Pokemon. I didn't know that was even a thing. No. And of course, I got a ton of them from Pokemon Go, but I don't feel like that counts. All right. That's it, everyone. I'm going to shut up so we can all go watch The Last of Us now. Until next time, here's our usual sign-up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my impression of a clicker noise. <laughs>